I'm John Devlin, and you're listening to the Ireland Podcast. Sure, pianos are mad, aren't they? I mean, RTE gave away a Bosendorfer uh-huh. grand. Right. And the guy just needed to get it. Right. People. Right. To, the guy who, want, who wanted it just needed to get a bunch of people, and it was his. And it's one of the nicest pianos I've ever played in any studio ever. You know, it's a beautiful, smooth instrument. Yeah, I mean that's it. You know, we're, that was spent. Well, I think less so now, but um, there's always kind of phases of time when a convent or a school are getting rid of stuff, getting rid of stuff. Like, yeah, they just want yeah. rid. They want it. They want it gone. Uh-huh. But yeah, so but that's it. That's a good. That's a good bargain. But it, the problem with it is it's constantly in sustain. You know. Yeah. 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 So you got to work with that. I, I, can you fix it? Well, I'm sure you can. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how. Though, you, you're, you don't get in. I don't get in there. Yeah, yeah. So you know what I did discover? What's that? You probably don't want to hear this, but there's a piano now made in Denmark uh-huh. that one man can carry. What? A real piano. Is it? Is that any good? Yeah, I haven't played one, but I've heard it, and I've heard the. I've, I've, you know, I've heard. Clips of it, I got one. It's in the garage still. I haven't even taken it out of the box yet. Uh-huh. But and I haven't put it to the, even the lifting test. But it's a portable piano. Right. It's about four grand. I wonder what the how it stacks up sound wise. Well, it sounds lovely. Yeah. It sounds like a piano, but you know, it's probably maybe quieter. Probably doesn't have the welly that a real yeah that a full. It, it has one string per note, as far as I know, instead of right. two and three. Yeah. But like... Do you tune pianos? I don't. I, I, I bought a gear. I bought the equipment for tuning them. Great. And it's brilliant because it means that you can buy an old piano yeah. and just tune it. And make it work, yeah. yeah. Take it down to where you want it. But that's what you need. They're hard to get, are they? I got it from China. You got it from China. But I bought it here, from China. Online. Aye. eBay or somewhere. Okay. You know, that's the yoke. Deadly. Yeah, because yeah, we had a Yamaha CP80. Right. Do you know them? That's the keyboard, the electric keyboard. It's an electric keyboard, but it's a, it's a strong piano. Right. In two halves, a heavy yoke. Right. And, you know, you, it's a, but it's a full harp. There's a full strong, uh-huh. um, there's like double strings and single strings. Uh-huh. 
And, so you ha- and it, it takes a lot of tuning because you're moving it every day from venue to venue. But is, is it electric then? Well, it's electric. How so? There's pickups on every string. Oh, okay. So it's like an electric guitar. Right, right. You can play it without being plugged in and you hear it very quietly. Oh, yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were around in the 70s and the 80s. Mm. And so we needed to get one of these. But mm. I think we found it. There was quite a closed... There was people who said, no, you can't. Mm-hmm. It's like a guild, you know. Yeah, yeah. You're, step, you're, you're breaking into somebody's territory. Well... You're bringing into somebody's territory, but at the end of the day, you've got you gotta you gotta you gotta fix your own stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Sure. I put this so, what should we talk about? Well, <laughs> just look, shoot. What, well, do, what do you want to talk about? I don't care. I talk. I'll talk for Ireland. Just ask me a question. I'll start talking. I was going to ask you about your identity. Okay. So. Yeah. Are we on? Questions around it. We're on, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was going to ask you, um, how important is your personal identity, your cultural identity, and if you wanted to go there, and I understand if you don't, the political identity of Ireland. So, take whatever you want. Yeah, well, that's a, it's a, that's a very interesting question. Identity. I remember actually jamming out a song about identity, just sense of pride about where I'm from, sense of pride about... And it was it was inspired by by reggae music, you know, and the, the powerful songs of identity that they have, uh-huh. with with their cultural history, their the the good the 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 good at the bad mm-hmm. of their history and and their African roots and and then the other side of it is there's no identity, you know, and it's get into that idea of just. At this stage, it's time for it's time for us to discard our identity, maybe, right. you know, because it's all gone chaotic, and the 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 gunmaker is just rubbing his hands and selling to everybody, and you know those with the most can get the biggest and the most dest- destructive, and those with with less can get a little smaller version and do little tiny bits of damage. And it's just damage. And uh, identity maybe needs to be reborn and a world identity needs to be reforged. And the beauty of our time, I suppose, is that like there's people from everywhere in Ireland, everywhere in Ireland. There's people from, you know, from Nigeria, from Uganda, from from the Czech Republic, from Lithuania, from everywhere, Palestine, Pakistan, everywhere, and China, everywhere are are here, and they're they're shining their cultures, and they're also like it's all we've already come to a generation where there are strapping young fellas from Nigeria playing for the local GAA team, mm-hmm. and there's a piper, you know, playing the playing the pipes at the Witty Clancy Festival as a guest of honor, and we've already swallowed them up, like culturally. Mm-hmm. Um, the identity, I suppose, an interesting thing about Ireland, something I heard is that the Tuatha de Danann went underground, but they're still there. So they still affect us, and they affect everyone who stands on this ground on some level or other. And I like that. I like that idea. Yeah. Geography is as much to do with nationality as anything. Well, geography is what kind of stone is in the area, you know, whether it's granite or whether it's, uh, whether it's, like I've, I was in an Ishir, it's all limestone. Mm-hmm. And you just cross over and you're in Connemara and it's all granite. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to wonder how much of a powerful influence even that has and how much water is around, how much water is running underneath how much water is available. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're the surface influences and then they're the energetic influences that that are far subtler, that that certain people with more of a, maybe a shamanic leaning or sensitivity 
might be sensitive to, you know, the, the, the energy of walking past a mountain that's full of iron mm-hmm. might give you a feeling if you decide to just see what that, you know, just to silence yourself a little bit or hyperventilate and, 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 and quieten your, your chat, your, your, your daily life mind into your more mineral mind, your own, your, your, your being as if, as an organism that exists on this organism, which is the planet. I keep thinking about things all, you know. Whenever you're talking about the stone, I'm thinking of Edinburgh as made of sandstone, you know, the, the architecture. Yes. And then you have here, you have, as you say, granite. Granite, And, and that, that is the architecture of, of the area. Mm. So, you know, you do take on the surroundings of where you live, of course, I think. Oh, definitely. And, uh, and, and I, always, I always think, like, so back, like the Irish identity, I think, is that we're cracked. In what way? We're open. Something is open and the light will come in in all kinds of ways. Yeah. And, and in, a mad, in a mad way as well. We're, we're Not cracked as a heavenly pot then. That's not what you meant. Well, you know, he's cracked that fella. Yeah. There's a playful, he's a man, we're mental. <laughs> we're we're mad. We'll do. We'll try anything. We don't mind half trying things as well. Why do you think that is? We have the worst and the best of people because I think our ground isn't that solid. Like we've been bombed as well. Bombed. We've been fucked over. Yeah. By 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 people by people who wanted wanted what we had, which is land and yeah. territory. I don't think houses and villages are our culture. I think we're we're nomadic people. I actually think, uh-huh. or we're closer to a nomadic lifestyle, and therefore our houses are kind of often drafty and wet and damp, <laughs> because the half doors. We're not half. We're not fully. <laughs> we don't. I don't know. We like to stay open to things. Our, Danny Sheehy was a great hero of mine. I was on a boat with him out in um, in the bay off the coast of Galicia and Portugal. And that boat went over, we lost Danny. But Danny said to me one time, I, we, we, Danny and I had walked over four fields to go to my father's grave and also to see this little beach where I thought would be a good place to launch a curragh or a naivogue that he'd built. And I didn't want it to be in a colonial yacht club. I wanted it to be on a beach. And so we walked it was sort of six in the evening on a cold, wet winter's night. My son, who was just two, less than two, one and a bit, Danny and myself. My son sang the whole way across. I'd say we walked for three quarters of an hour in this dark, rainy night. And we climbed through some some trees and we got to the graveyard and had a look at my dad's grave. And then we went down and we saw the water. And, and then we went back, we got to the pub and Danny had a pint, I had a pint, and then I was going, and we were leaving Danny in the pub. And I said, Danny, do you want, do you want me to get you some dry clothes? And he said, no, I love being wet. And that stayed with me. And another thing that struck me equally was a, was a, a man from the same area as Danny. And Danny's, his first language was our native language, Gaelic. And Begley, Seamus Begley, would would only be a stone's throw from Danny. And I remember Dan, Seamus, meeting Seamus in Australia. He was over to do a gig that I was involved in. And it was a, a cross-cultural Aboriginal Irish gig. So it was run by a guy, a guy called Shane Howard, whose ancestors are Irish, and is very ongoing, maintaining relations between the two cultures. And anyway... Seamus's flight to Australia had been delayed in Heathrow and they sat on the runway or they sat in the plane for nine hours in Heathrow. And, and I said, my God, Seamus, that's terrible. And then you had to fly 19 hours. Mm-hmm. And he said, fuck's sake. He said, I'd be on a tractor for 24 hours and I'd be, my head, my neck would be screwed backwards. It didn't bother him at all. And I thought... And I kind of don't think I ever thought the same about a long journey on a plane anymore. And I kind of, 
you know, it's like, how bad? You know, you got to see it, you're warm. This mm-hmm. bit of food, whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. You can walk about. You can walk about, yeah, walk about, have a pee. Yeah. I'm going to ask you to play some music sometimes. Yeah. Do you want to play something now? I'll do something now, yeah. What yeah. would you like, anything? No, what do you want to play? And this this is the cool thing, you play whatever you want. Uh, okay, well, I'll try something. I, I've been, I was listening to a lot of blues. So I'm, I came, a big part of my coming coming of age was Shano's singing. I found a self-confidence through Shannon's singing. The first kind of key to my own freedom was the tin whistle. The piano a little bit, and the piano was the key to my internal freedom because the piano was my meditative instrument. But the first key to external freedom was was the whistle where if I play three tunes well, I'll get to the regional final. If I play three tunes well again, I'll get to Galway or I'll get to Tralee or I'll get to Athlone. And that was my life in school mm-hmm. and that was so exciting and so liberating. On my own steam with this little piece of tin. And so Shannos then was the next step. I, 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 I'd absorbed Shannos. My mother would have sung Shannos. My father was had a great repertoire of songs and he sang Shannos. He sang less, it would be less obvious Shannos. He sang very straight style. Um, he loved Donegal, actually. He, his heart was in Donegal, but his Irish was Munster. He was a Munster man. Loved Kirkorina, Dunquin, around there. So, but I was listening to Ale. Uh, so then somebody showed me the blues notes on the piano. And I always said, blues and Shannos are almost the same. In what way? Well, just, uh, I'll show you. Yeah, show me. Yeah. I'll, sing, I'll sing a song that is, uh, uh, it's a, it, it's a song, it's, um, Somebody's to- somebody said this is the blues. Now I was already singing channels, which close, close anyway, you know, yeah. and uh, and and also. When you've got a whole race of people who endure hardship on a collective level and they come together to make music, the music is an alchemy transforming great pain into beauty. And that's one of the extraordinary gifts that human beings have, is that we can do that, is that we make music and we turn great pain into great beauty. And that's the blues, that's gospel, and that's Shannos also, like terrible. In Ireland, the, the, the songs of love are sad and the songs of war are happy. Well, I've heard that been said. Yeah. 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 Can I make a video with you, mind? Okay. Mo 
tamatin avomri eseligi khumulai kerd de tu Kirdi tu Kostu egedo dadi
wanted everything to Well, the piano playing tends to be always, I look at the hands and go, see at the other end. <laughs> see what you can make of it and I'll look after the singing. It's a bit like that. It's a bit like that. Um, and the blues then is always a storytelling model, you know, this, that, I'm, I'm going to be this and she did that and look at us and what are we going to do and I feel like this and... I'm going to do that. You've, you've, you've heard of flow, have you? Flow, flow, flow is a, like a, a concept whereby one gets into the zone. And whenever you're in the zone, that's, it's almost like you're not thinking. It's, it's, everything's taken. It's the only way to be. Yeah, but playing music, it's easier said than done. You've, you've got to be, you've got to have... You've got to be brave. And you've got to have skills. No, you have to leap in and do it. Yeah. Yeah, and then your skills will present themselves to you. Yes. But if you've got a band, it's not as simple as that. Even, even if you've got a band who are willing to take that leap with you, it's about taking a leap. That's what punk rock was all about. And punk rock produced some amazing music. And Patti Smith is, is who I'm thinking about. I don't play the guitar, she says, but when I'm up there on stage, I fucking play the guitar. <laughs> and she plays it, you know, and she makes it work. Yeah. And the, the whole, I mean, you know, the African diaspora, they pick up an instrument and they made it work. Yeah. It wasn't about analytical 5, 2, 7, 3 over 7, 3 and D and whatever else and these dots and that dot. That's, that's for measuring. That's for yeah. recording. But make the music. Just make it bang the pots and blow the horns the fact that they're brass instruments in jazz is because after one of the wars I think it was a Spanish war a whole ton of brass instruments got dumped in New Orleans and the kids picked them up and made sounds out of them and the rest is history you know mm-hmm. let's keep an eye on the time yeah. you said you wanted to be there for six Yeah. so we'll probably wrap up by quarter two That'd be brilliant, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll set my time for um, 25 minutes from now. Um, so, whenever I was asking about your identity, well, what, 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 you know, you answered it perfectly, that's number one. Number two is, I'm interested in finding out who you are. Are you a rocker, or are you a folk singer, or, and I know the answer is probably both, so forget I just said that, how are you going to answer it? Both or neither, like, I'm, uh... If you had to live without, if you had to live with only one, which would you choose? Well, styles of music. Yeah. Oh, trad would, would suit me fine. It covers everything, actually. Trad is rock. Yes. Trad musicians are rockers. Like, the body band were rockers. They were all rockers. 
they had finesse to go with their rock, but uh, it, they were rockers, so yeah. Uh-huh. What music were you listening to as a teenager? I was listening to Shona Rida, Planksty, Zaydanen, Sex Pistols, Stranglers, Ian Jury, Christa Berg, uh, ABBA got their way in. My brother loved ABBA and so did I a little bit. Um, disco music, uh, Billy Ocean, Marvin Gaye, uh, oh yeah, uh, Stevie Wonder, um, anything, everything. I listen to everything. Actually, so you're you're buying all these records, are you? No, I wasn't a record buyer. What what? Did, how did you consume radio? It? Okay, just whatever came up on the radio, really. Trad. There were more traditional. There were more records of trad in the house because because it was a unifying music. You know, the folks liked it as well, so yeah. it was easier to buy a trad record than to buy any others. And I wasn't. A, we didn't have money. We didn't have money, uh-huh. and. Uh, so we weren't buying, you know, I had a neighbour down the road, he bought record, a single every week mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, an LP every month or something. But uh, for me, it, I made the music, so, in yeah. a way. And, but I used to, you know, first before RT2 was there, which I, I, I was there before RT2 came, Radio 2, and uh, it was Larry Gogan. And there was all kinds of music, dotted throughout the day on radio, on RTE radio. And you get the odd great track. And uh, and then and then RTE 2 came around the same time that Elvis died and, and all this new wave music came and these people who might never have picked up an instrument, but now it was about how bad was good. The worse you were, the better, the more exciting it was, and um, so therefore, these minds were allowed to apply their their generative trauma through their fingers to make a sound that was angry. Mm-hmm. And John John Lydon said that he was he was raised. He had meningitis as a boy, and the doctor told his mother to keep him angry. And the rest is history. Anger is an energy. Anger is an energy. And that's what that line is about. Yeah. And, but also you can see anger, that anger shook Babylon. Like, the, it, punk rock, for maybe quite a short period of time, but a period of time nonetheless, the whole foundations of the monolithic music industry shook. Mm. And the paradigm was taken away from mm-hmm. where it sat, yeah. getting fat. <laughs> and uh, so that was a very important art movement in the world. And, you know, certain countries write it down, like just like Impressionism, just like Dadaism, just like um, expre- Abstract Expressionism, punk rock was a very important art movement in the world, for the world, for humanity, for people living in dire conditions. Social housing in Manchester. Incredible music came out of there. This room's full of instruments. Mm. It would never have been full of instruments without punk rock. Right. Yeah. I had the undertones and stiffled fingers up north. Yeah. And they were my... Birth into music. Yeah. Well, before that, I had the Chieftains and Planksy and all the rest. Yeah. But um, whenever, whenever I heard the undertones, it, it was like, yeah, the yeah. fire was lit on, underneath me. Yeah. 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 A key. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's yours. Yeah. Yeah. And no punk rock, no you too. Yeah, of course. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. No talking heads. Aye. <laughs> and now, can I say this? No you too. No hot ice flowers. Uh, I don't think so. No, no, but you, because you were you were existing anyway. But didn't they give you a break? Oh yeah, oh they they were amazing. I mean, yeah. the, well, it was, it was it was a lovely thing. We got a call, and it, we had this mad day where we went into this restaurant that used to feed us because we used to play there sometimes. 
and it was uh, the colony and it was owned by Niall Carey. And Niall said, there was a phone call. Melody Maker wanted to do an interview with you. Like This was before we were anything. Melody Maker wanted to do an interview with you and I think there's something about an article in Rolling Stone magazine going, what? Mm. And Bono wants to meet you. So basically Bono had done a number of interviews. They were about to... They were about to, you know, they were warming up towards releasing the Joshua Tree. Yeah. That great... So it was album. after Unforgettable Fire. Yeah. So they were already on the, on the establishment. They were already well up there. Mm. But, you know, they were about to score the winning goal, I think, yeah, with the Joshua yeah. Tree. Absolutely. Culturally, aesthetically, even the tour was beautiful. Like, the stage they had was looked like a... I don't know, it looked like a Pat Scott painting to me. But... Yeah, so the call, and, and so we went to meet Bono, and he was very humble, and he said, look, I feel like an idiot here, but I just feel like I, I've heard, I heard your demo of a song called Love Don't Work This Way, and I saw you and Fichtner on the Late Late Show, and the combination of those twos, I said, we need to talk to those guys and just, just say whatever you need to, to go further. Mm-hmm. And then... But then, you know, you had that, there was a kind of a merry-go-round of managers wanting to manage us, and the business was doing its thing. But, uh, yeah, they gave us our first single, which was Love Don't Work This Way, which was a song that I was, I was walking to Black Rock, to a room, a house like this, with instruments. Well, we just set them up, like, we were loud practice in their front room, and... Uh, um. And I, I, it was a long, you know, it's about an hour's walk, maybe an hour and a half. And just this chorus, love don't work this way, love don't work. And all, everything came into my head, the brass stabs, the, you know, response, the, the whole thing. So when I got there, the band was ready. So I said, here's the beat. And then I even knew it, it started with a drum, just a drum beat. And then... And the and then the vocal comes in, the piano and da 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 and the the back and vocals and that whole thing, all came. That was the only time actually that fully happened in that way to me. Um, I hope it happens again because it was a very nice thing to happen. Um, but so they released that that single. We re-recorded the single, and then oh, because of them, you two was looking at Ireland. And or the world was looking at Ireland. Sorry, because of you too, the world was yeah. looking at Ireland. And a lot of bands were sound, trying to sound like you two. It seemed like, but they, then there were other bands. They weren't, you know. Mm. But we were kind of blissfully in our own. We were at that stage. My muse was soul, soul music, blues, soul and blues was seriously what was turning me on. I'd been at parties in my my girlfriend, who's God be with her now. She's she's. She's moved on, but her and her mother and her sister. and So two generations in the one house and the elders sitting there drinking and the youngers just dancing like crazy to soul music. Unforgettable. And actually, like Fergal Sharkey did some great dance music as well. Yeah, the soul stuff. Yeah. Yeah, with um, Vince Clark and um, he did something with Maria McKee. He did a Maria McKee song anyway. Yeah, and what I call her ex-husband. Because uh, he had hits with her and her ex-husband. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so a Good Heart and You Little Thief. Uh, you Little Thief, yeah. Like, yeah. That's class. You, that's, I mean, that's an amazing song. Fergal didn't write many songs. In, in the undertones, he only wrote one-fifth of a B-side, I'm pretty sure. Really? Wow. Yeah. But he could sing. Oh, he could sing and he could lead. Yeah, yeah. It's it, but I, I love what he's doing in England with the waterways. Do you know this? He's story? doing something. No, oh, he's a total. He's I a, love him. I mean, I met he, him at what, in, in, and we spoke Irish the whole time. And, right, and and yeah. met, that's all we spoke in Glastonbury. Yeah, <laughs> random. There was a big circle of people around the fire. Seamus Begley, Steve Cooney, all the water boys, Sharon Shannon, who had just joined the water boys at that stage. Right. We're all sitting around the fire backstage. Fella Cooty had been on stage. Class. I'd been dancing with all his wives <laughs> and all the, you know, it's a big circle of dancing before going on and I just had to join that circle and uh, 
so exciting, like, you know. Yeah. And Maria Keaton McKee was around, actually. Mm. And we, yeah, we were close. She and I were a little bit close. She was in Dublin, and so we were we were moving in the same circles. And uh, But, yeah, Fergal, we had a grand old chat for... Yeah. I'd love to chat to him because he, he is a punk rocker, to the core. Yeah. He joined this fishing club in England and by joining the fishing club or taking up fishing or whatever, he's now given the government and the civil service over there a good bloody nose because yeah. of the, the state of the waterworks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's so much, cor- well, alleged corruption going on and uh, he's not letting them off the hook. Yeah. And they, they want him to go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. 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 Yeah. yeah. Oh, you see, there you go. I mean, punk, it bred a certain type of person. Mm. And it was about being awake. It was about being angry. It was about being verbal. It was about being creative. Yeah. All of those things. Mm. And Johnny Lydon is a treat to listen to. Have you met him? Never met. No, I'd love to meet him. He's from Galway originally. Well, his dad is Lydon. I'm a Lydon too. My my mother's Lydon. We're probably related. I think Connemara is is his his dad's people. Metal Box is one of my favourite albums. Yeah, yeah. Ah, he's amazing. Like, yeah. And his style of singing is, is fast, fabulous. I saw him live a couple of times and his choice of melody, it, it was so unpredictable. Yeah. You know, even like all those Pistol songs that you know, he would take it in a total wrong direction. Sure. And it, it was like, it's like your hands. Yeah. You know, yeah. see at the end. See at the other side. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I am... I have been very influenced and inspired and moved by the culture of Aboriginal people around the world and quite in a more specific way, Aboriginal people in Australia. There is an eloquence to their culture that makes sense. And for an artist, it, it's a beautiful culture it's a it's an earth culture mm-hmm. we all we all have the same culture in our bones they've held on to it because the influence came later and and their 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 culture their 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 ways were stronger and they still exist they still dance they still paint they paint up their bodies they still have the same ways of burial and birth and prayer and and ways of seeing creation and all of these things. And what they call the existence of this ongoing creative presence is the dream time. And the dream time is always existent. All our answers, all our ancestors live in the dream time. All our all of those to come live in the dream time. All the ancestors of everything and every everyone that ever lived lives in the dream time. Everything that might happen, everything that is, is worthy lives in the dream time. And, but they also call it dreaming. So you've got bushfire dreaming, or you've got kangaroo dreaming, or you've got goanna dreaming, or you've got grandmother dreaming. Dreamings, so that, and, and the dreaming is kind of like where you tune into the essence of a certain energy, be it an animal, a fire, or a... Or a, or a grandmother or something like that and there's a book about punk and it's called England's Dreaming mm. and I thought holy shit yeah we painted our faces we did you know we and 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 if you listen to some of the Aboriginal singing they bend the note in the same way that Leiden bends the note mm. <laughs> And that's it, cycles of that, you know. And Mm -hmm. I said, whoa, that's it. (laughs) You, I could see you are a punk even before you walked in the door. Through your choice of record output, your musical output, you don't fit the category of rocker. You don't fit the category of folk person. You've got Middle Eastern music in your real album. Yeah. Well, why, why did you choose Middle Eastern instruments? Oh, I just love it. It was 
I was partially by chance too. I was in. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've always loved the mold. I love molds. I think Mo- mold, molds as musical molds. Yeah. Okay. So you got the Middle Eastern mode, you got the blues mode, Dorian mode, all those different modes. Sure. Like yeah. the Malian mode is, I don't know what you call it, but it's an it's a lovely mode and it instantly creates a colour. And it's only a set of notes. So you can just take off. Instead of thinking of chords, you just take off on on a on a on a and Shannos is modal, you know, it's da 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 you know, you're sticking to certain notes and you're really not putting any of the other notes in unless you want to surprise somebody. But no, actually, there wasn't. I hadn't, it wasn't like I'd even intended. But Justin Adams, do you know Justin Adams? He's a great guitarist, plays with Robert Plant. Okay. A lot. Basically, his parents were were lived around the Sahara, mm-hmm. so he knew the, the 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 Tuareg people before before they were profitable nor popular, as 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 they say. So he had that style. He had that desert blues style. And so I was I made Rian with John Reynolds who was Sinead O'Connor's drummer and her first husband. And uh, and John basically, John is, was also punk, you know, like he's, he's London, uh, played in a band called Max and Ja Wobble, yeah. played in Ja Wobble's band. From Metal Box. From Metal Box, yeah. And, uh, you know, so Wobble, talk about Wobble. And, uh, and John loved what I was doing with the Shannos and he said would you would you like I'd love to record some of that stuff for you so I went back went to John's flat in up around uh, Notting Hill Gate kind of area and uh, he had a great mic and I just had a load of songs from school and from childhood from my dad and just sang them and and he just responded with the odd drone the odd loop and then he called a few of his mates and like uh Justin Adams was one, and he played that beautiful desert intro and outro to the Ornahar mm. Sean O'Reilly's Lord's Prayer. And that was a very bold statement from you know because you your first vocal track on that album was a prayer, and it was at a time whenever I mean that time still exists I think where Ireland's fallen out of love a bit with religion. Yeah, so. Why why did you choose that as your first vocal track? Just because I adore the melody and I'm, nothing offends me, nothing ever offended me about Jesus or that story or about the idea of heaven on earth or, you know, keep us going, please. Keep, keep us fed and may your, you know, may this beautiful kingdom that we know exists, may we sing it into being, may we spring it on. And that's what that song is for me. And I never, I never had to think about it. And it's just, but, but ultimately it's just, this is deadly. This is a great melody. Yeah. And you mentioned there about him bringing the tracks in, you know, was the vocal recorded by itself and then you dubbed in all the instruments afterwards or yeah, for everything. I, I I played three notes on a on a cheap guitar and then John had a radar system. Did you know the radar? Came before Pro Tools. It was a mad system and actually had a lot going for it that that gave it its own identity. You know, and it you could access like a back a back backward loops and all kinds of things very quickly and john had was learning about learning this as he was going along and having fun so i played three i kind of played a three note and then he put he he spun it into a kind of a loop and i put a vocal drone we created a drone sound and then i sang over it okay 
And then I added the other vocals and Justin came in and played the the stuff. But yeah, it was... And how... Now I'm going to ask you this here, and I'm trying to think of how to say it in a way that I don't offend you. I don't want to offend you here. But it's not... You could have... You, Shannos, right? Mm. A lot of it is based on the... No, I can't say this. <laughs> uh, well, look, say what you're thinking. <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm thinking is sometimes it's pitchy. It's P- pitch. pitchy. As in, as in not perfect pitch. Yeah. And and what I'm wondering that's is... That's the beauty of it. Yes, that's mm. what I wanted to say without Wild. me saying it first. Yeah. So I want to get your feelings on it. Because I don't mean it as an offensive thing. It's a fine line, I'd say. Yeah. It's a fine line. And between between being felt and understood, I think if you listen to any of the great singers of any genre, mm. you'll find notes all over the place. But it's del- it's about the story being told and the delivery. You listen to the blues. Dylan, of course, is a master of it. And Shannos is all about sliding up to the note and sliding away from the note and almost hitting it and hitting it and not hitting it and you know and then we are there is a certain sanskrit element to irish and there's a i think there's there's moroccan connections whether it come from the earth or whether it comes from trade or both mm. and half notes and quarter tones yeah you know i mean the singing came before anyone wrote anything down yeah it came thousands of years before anything, anyone wrote anything down. And the same with uh, spoken word and written. The writing of a thing is so young and the measurement of a thing and to say da 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 that nothing else, and then the half notes and that's it. Mm. Who, whose idea was that, you know? Oh, gluing, go gluing. Oh, gluing, go gluing, oh, veil, go bail. Yeah, yeah. I think there is a beauty in it, and I love it. I've been listening to it uh, all week since since mm. you agreed this uh, chat, and yeah, it's I, I've been listening to your hot house flower stuff, and then I come back to your, your rain stuff, mm. and being pulled more into there. Mm. That's just you know my vibe this week. Whenever you're recording it, at what point do you decide that's the take, or I could have done that better? Do you know, do you know that balance well, I'm looking at? I've always been. The, the opposite of enamoured with the studio process where people keep going, can I do that again? Can I do that again? I think we're, we're imperfect and a thing can only be as good as you are, really. And you can do it a billion times and it's still going to be what it is. And so, no, I like running through. I like just... I, if, if, if your man on the other side of the screen says, that was great. Mm. I'm not going to ask any questions. So did you do a few takes or was it generally... I don't the think person? so. Generally, I just sang the song and yeah. and we were just going, yeah, cool, that sounds good. Bowie did most of his takes in one or two, the first time. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot, of, a lot of people who understand don't spend too much time. I think if you've got to... Unless you're really searching for something and you want to pull yourself through a certain psychological kind of a dance to, to get to some place. But in general, I I think, and there's something very special, I think, about the first, the impact mm. of the first time two people meet, the first time two people make music together, the first time you rehearse. And I... I have very mixed relationship with rehearsal because I've seen amazing moments happen in the rehearsal room that never happen again. And that's why I think I'm a big lover of, and I think that's why in in music, let's say jazz, uh, improvisation is so central because it allows for that first spark, that genesis, which I think is a creation myth. It's a creation space. Tom Waits says that songs don't like to be recorded. You have to sneak up on them. Yeah, I understand that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You have to be taken by surprise. Yeah. The time is 37. Uh Should we record something else? Yeah. (laughs) You're looking at the piano. (laughs) You know, we didn't have to do the piano. We could do anything. 
Yeah, I'll just do the piano. Let's just see those levels, see what they were like. Well, <laughs> Seldom drunk, though I am never sober. A handsome rover from town to town. But now I am dead. 
and my days are over. Come, Alias, though now lay me down. Thank you. This has been a Solitaire Media original podcast and production.